Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. This is 7 News. With Sally Bowery. The breaking news this morning and trouble has hit the AFL bubble on the Gold Coast. Two Richmond players have been caught up in a brawl outside a strip club. Tom Brown is on the Gold Coast for us this morning. Good morning to you, Tom. Take us through what happened here. Good morning. In a developing story as we speak, the Tigers, Richmond, have just confirmed to me that the AFL and Richmond are investigating two players involving an incident overnight. Now, I understand that Sydney Stack and Callum Coleman-Jones, it's understood they attended the Hollywood Showgirls strip club overnight and were involved in an alleged fight where the police had to attend. Now, there's obviously the police aspect of this story itself, and we'll chase that up as we speak. There's also the hub aspect. These players are not meant to be out doing these types of things in any case, but particularly with their COVID protocols. Now, it raises questions whether they return to the Richmond hub overnight and also what sort of sanction the AFL and Richmond will impose on these players. You'd expect if these facts all stack up and they did attend this uh, situation and the police attended, given the protocol implications, they could be sent home and it could have massive, massive fines for Richmond who are due to play next, next Friday um, on the 11th of September. They've effectively got to buy this weekend. But it's a developing story. The AFL working through it as we speak the facts. Also, there's the police aspect and the COVID aspect. We'll have it all throughout the day on 7 News as it develops. But two Richmond players involved in an alleged fight attending a strip club on the Gold Coast overnight. There's the police aspect of this and also the COVID aspect in terms of them potentially breaching protocols. A lot of focus on the AFL being in Queensland this week, obviously with the grand final announced up here. The Queensland government's been hugely supportive of the AFL, but this would be a significant transgression. Certainly is. OK, thank you very much. Tom Brown reporting there. Victoria's daily COVID case numbers have fallen to 81, but the death toll has soared. Blake Johnson is in Melbourne. Blake, the state recorded 59 deaths today. We did, Sally, and that is a huge number, but there are several layers to it. Of those 59 deaths, nine are from the overnight figures, which is down almost half on yesterday. The other 50 deaths are what the health department here calls reconciliated figures. We've drilled down into exactly what that means. At the peak of our aged care crisis in July and August, there was a backlog of death certificates needing to be processed. The federal government that records deaths in aged care could see that its figures didn't match those of the Victorian Health Department. So they've cleared that backlog and added those 50 deaths over those two months. It averages to around one extra death per day during the worst of it when we were seeing dozens of daily deaths. Now, on the case numbers, 81 today is down from the 113 yesterday, so that is good news, but still 
frustratingly high, just nine days out from the completion of our six-week lockdown. And a new report out by the Grattan Institute today says we should be targeting elimination of the virus, whereas our government here has said previously it's going for suppression. The report claims the New South Wales method of keeping cases manageable is dangerous and a yo-yo strategy. We are all waiting to see what Victorian restrictions will be eased when our Premier announces it on Sunday. Sal? OK, thanks very much. Blake Johnson there. Queensland Premier Anastasia Palaszczuk has made an impassioned defence of her state's tough border controls. Katrina Blowers is in Brisbane for us this morning. Katrina, the state's restrictions appear to be working with zero new cases in Queensland today. That's right, Sal, which our Chief Health Officer says is really good news and positive news of the restrictions working. But she says there are still way too many cases in New South Wales and Victoria to even consider easing those border restrictions for now. Queensland's Premier Anastasia Palaszczuk announcing more re in New South Wales will be added to Queensland's travel bubble today, which will be a really big relief for all those boarding school students and their parents who are hoping to have their families together by Christmas. But as for widening that travel bubble any further or buckling to pressure to reopen the border at today's National Cabinet meeting, well, for now, the Premier is standing strong. Let's hear what she had to say. But I get up, I get up every day and I rely on the best health advice to look after this state. It is relentless. Um, it is intimidating. But I will not be intimidated. Well, the Premier says Queensland is not out of the woods yet, and even though she's expecting there to be a robust discussion of those border closures at today's National Cabinet meeting, she is not making any further announcements on that topic today. OK, thanks very much. Katrina Blowers there. Well, the Prime Minister is meeting with the Premiers, trying to resolve the impasse of border closures, but he's facing fierce resistance from states who are refusing to reopen. Live to Olivia Leeming in Canberra. Olivia, are we expecting any agreement from National Cabinet this morning? Certainly not from all states. Not only Queensland, but also WA have rejected the Prime Minister's solution to the border stalemate, vowing to keep their restrictions in place. The Prime Minister wants the Premiers to agree to a national definition of a coronavirus hotspot developed by medical experts, pushing to define a hotspot as anywhere with more than 30 cases of community transmission within a 10-day period. That would mean that only Melbourne and possibly pockets of Sydney would be considered hotspots within Australia, putting more pressure on states like Queensland to reopen their borders to everyone else. We're only expecting New South Wales, possibly Victoria, South Australia, to support the Prime Minister's model today. Scott Morrison hopeful the others will in time. And Olivia, they're also discussing the limits on international arrivals. Yes, reviewing that cap on the number of travellers allowed to return to Australia at the moment, only 4,000 people are allowed to come back to Australia each week because of the limits on beds in hotel quarantine. Yet there are about 23,000 Australians abroad who we know want to come home. The federal government says it's up to each state and territory to decide whether they raise their quarantine limits. But any increase today is unlikely. So, OK, thanks very much. Much Olivia Leeming reporting there. 
New South Wales recorded eight new cases of coronavirus overnight, one a return traveller, the others linked to known clusters. It comes as Sydney families wait to learn if they can visit relatives in aged care facilities this weekend, especially on Father's Day. The current advice is for anyone who lives or works in Sydney, they should avoid visiting aged care homes in the greater Sydney and central coast areas. The warning was issued last week when the number of new cases in New South Wales entered double digits. Queensland Police have put out an amber alert for an 11-year-old girl who's been missing for more than a fortnight. Police believe she may have been assisted in her disappearance from her home on the Gold Coast. Amanda Abate reports. Well, good morning. Unfortunately, there has been no further sightings of Lane Ella Highland overnight since the Amber Alert was issued yesterday afternoon. The 11-year-old hasn't been seen since she was spotted at a home in Southport on the 24th of August. Six days earlier, she had run away from her home at Main Beach following a disagreement with her mother. Police say she has a complex family history, but believe that another group of people, another family, is helping her to hide. They say they have not been forthcoming with police. They don't believe they're being honest and they're urging them now to come forward with information. We, we now have some very serious concerns around their welfare. We've got an 11-year-old girl somewhere that no one has seen for 10 days and no matter what anyone thinks, uh, a vulnerable person at 11 needs to be home with their family. Well, police haven't ruled anything out, including whether she's being held against her will or being persuaded not to return home. Elaine's mother has launched a GoFundMe page trying to raise money for a private investigator desperately trying to track her daughter down. Anybody with information should call police urgently. A man has been arrested after he allegedly tried to set fire to a police car parked outside a Sydney police station. Officers ran outside when they noticed what was happening and had to subdue the 28-year-old with capsicum spray. Andrew Denny has more. Well, good morning. This 28-year-old man is due to appear here in court later today after some bizarre and potentially dangerous scenes that unfolded in Ashfield in Sydney's inner west overnight. It was just before 9 o'clock when security cameras from a petrol station captured him, grabbing a watering can, filling it with fuel and then running across the road to the police station and pouring that fuel on top of a patrol car. Over the next few minutes, he runs back and forth between the stations, targeting a number of vehicles and then allegedly trying to set them alight. Police say he wasn't successful in doing that because he was confronted by an officer who came out of the station and used capsicum spray to bring him down. Around four police were on, on him and he was just resisting to go away and yelling a lot. And that man is facing a number of serious charges here in court today as officers are trying to work out what might have motivated him to carry out this attack last night. US pharmaceutical giant Pfizer says it should know by October whether the coronavirus vaccine it's developing is successful. The company's enrolled 23,000 patients in its Phase 3 trial with participants aged between 18 and 85. Ashley Mullaney has more. Good morning, Sal. Well, it's one of three companies backed by the US government to deliver a coronavirus vaccine. And today, Pfizer announced it would have data ready by next month showing whether theirs is safe and effective. 
The company struck a deal with the Trump administration to deliver 100 million doses by December under Operation Warp Speed. If trial results are positive, the company will submit its vaccine for approval next month but would likely require emergency use authorization, something that's already drawing scepticism. Pfizer's CEO says the vaccine would be administered in two doses, 21 days apart, with the possibility of a vaccine boost. We expect to... By the end of October, normally, uh, should be able to have uh, enough events to say if uh, the product works or not. But America's top infectious disease expert is more cautious about the timeline to deliver a vaccine. If someone comes out and says, you know, I'm going to shoot for the possibility that I'll get it by October, you can't argue strongly against that. That's unlikely, not impossible. I think most of the people feel it's going to be November, December. With 180,000 Americans now dead from coronavirus, the president knows he'll be marked on his pandemic performance at this November election. He's made vaccine development central to his campaign, but vowed the government wouldn't be cutting corners to get a vaccine to market, but simply to save lives. Police have arrested a man accusing him of stalking women on Sydney's northern beaches. The 42-year-old was taken into custody this morning. It comes after a strike force was set up last year to investigate numerous complaints from women who said they were stalked while exercising alone. The man made offensive comments to them and on some occasions performed a sexual act. He was arrested this morning and has been charged with dozens of counts of stalking and intimidating. Rescuers in Beirut believe a person could still be alive under the rubble of a collapsed building after a pulsing noise that was, could be a heartbeat was detected. It comes nearly a month after a chemical blast devastated the Lebanese capital. Sarah Grenoch reports. Well, there is anger yet again on the streets of Beirut after a search and rescue operation for a potential survivor was suspended. A rescue crew from Chile was walking past this collapsed building in a hard-hit neighbourhood on Wednesday evening when one of their sniffer dogs, a border collie, detected signs of life. On Thursday morning, they brought in specialist equipment, uh, thermal cameras and scanners and believe they have found two bodies, one sadly deceased but the other possibly alive after finding a pulsing signal which could be a heartbeat. A meticulous rescue operation was carried out throughout the day but then it got to a point where the Chileans were worried the building could collapse even further. They needed a crane brought in but that was unable to happen. The Lebanese authorities are blaming them, saying they should have asked for the crane earlier but locals are furious. Keeping in mind this is 30 days since that devastating blast that killed more than 200 people and left more than 300,000 homeless. Locals say they had asked authorities to search this building before and nothing had been done. After hearing there could be a potential survivor after all this time, locals had dared to hope. Security forces say the search will resume in the morning. Thank you, Sarah. After several delays, SpaceX has launched another batch of Starlink satellites into orbit. A Falcon 9 rocket carrying a full payload blasted off from Cape Canaveral in Florida. Meantime, NASA has conducted a test of its booster rocket technology in the Utah desert. The booster will be used to power future Artemis missions to the moon. Hey. 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.